folks, welcome to a brand new episode of Trainwreck tonight. I'm your host, Degenerate here in Cheek to Vegas. We got Maniac on the road. He is on vacation. I'm watching Phil. We'll get to more of that. Tonight's show sponsor, New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? But we have a huge agenda tonight. We're talking, obviously, Josh Allen. Bills camp updates, first game on Friday against the Lions, Jack Eichel on social media. How about the Toronto Blue Jays, the hot start they've gotten back after leaving Buffalo in Toronto. We got the Bisons back tomorrow, UB Football Media Day, and much more. Here we go. You don't you don't you don't you don't stop. Here we go, folks. Train wreck tonight. 211, sponsored by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Maniac, how you doing? How's vacation? Doing great on vacation. Loving the updates on Phil. Any pet parent knows it's always nice to get those updates. We'll get to that in a bit. But obviously, a huge weekend. A lot going on, Al. And quite simply, it gets starts with Alan and that guap. Yeah, we're going to start right with that, obviously. The monster Josh Allen news out of the weekend. I saw you at practice on Saturday getting those video clips. Great to see. Just comes out there, has a great time. More MVP chance, tossing the ball around the stadium to all the fans, the entire lower bowl. I mean, Phil's Mafia is fired up heading into this season. Yeah, we had a great day at camp on Saturday. You had the return of red, white, and blue. Allen looking great in that red jersey and white pants. That's a rare look that uh, you don't typically see at a Bills fan. A lot of fans want them to wear those jerseys, that combo, that scheme in a game. But, yeah, it's very interesting. I got there a little bit early. Uh, Monster was obviously there uh, with his Ken. We had a couple other people there from Trainwreck. I actually found Pat Moran tweets and Joe Miller uh, in the crowd, so I sat with them a little bit. And it was funny. I go, you know what I would do if I was running a football franchise I would just you know I would throw a 50,000 bonus in for my quarterbacks and I would say just go throw it out to the fans like before they and all of a sudden there comes Josh Allen he's throwing and he's being a man of the people 
He was always a man of the people during his rookie deal. He still technically is on his rookie deal, but yep. it'll be very interesting to see how that persona grows now that he's worth a quarter million. Yeah, and I got I, I love the move, love the signing. We all knew it was going to happen sooner rather than later there. And, you know, with Allen, like you said, you get that deal done before Lamar Jackson, before Baker Mayfield. You set the market. You set the price. And I love what a lot of people are saying on Twitter over the past few days. This deal in five, six, seven years, he's not even going to be at the top, a top five court paid quarterback, most likely. It's oh, definitely. Up. I mean, obviously, it could get reworked. You never know what happens. Yeah. I mean, you got like just for example, you got Eichel on an eight-year deal. He's in entering year four, and he's going obviously no Buffalo sports fan wants that to happen. We're only hoping the best for these Bills, trusting the process, being at McDermott. But yeah, you look at those numbers. If he does play out that fifth and sixth year, it's actually a lower average annual value those years so it's very very possible that if he does play out those seasons that you could work an extension in to kind of get him some extra money there similar to what they did with Diggs last year but 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 he will be I mean all, all but guaranteed outside the top five of quarterbacks of yeah. money and that's obviously the key to being successful when you're building a roster in the NFL and you know though the, the great thing that you love to see about Allen is this guy wants to win he wants to win in Buffalo and I feel like he's going to be like a Brady in the aspect where he's going to want to restructure that deal. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Brady does that year after year with some, where he somehow finds a way to restructure something in his contract to, you know, free up cap space, whether it's in that year or the year after. I feel like that's going to be Allen. You know, there's going to yeah, be years where. And among the yeah. many updates today, obviously, Bills were at camp today, but one of them was from our friend Sal Capaccio. And he was talking about some of the. I don't know how you want to refer to it, the wording, the terminology in Allen's deal. He said that there's a number of things over these years that's convertible to, say, a signing bonus, which is what Brady did. He converted those things into signing bonuses, yada, yada, yada. Didn't yep. have it count against the cap that year, and there's a lot of negotiability when you can do that in the contract, obviously. Yeah, and, and you know, Bean knows what he's doing. They're going to figure out a way to, you know, not necessarily save money, but they'll figure out ways to make it cap-friendly and make, you know, because it's tough. Once you get into these quarterback these years where they're making a ton of money, you don't have the money to spend. And that's why we were, we were always saying, that, Alan, they got to win now. They got to win this year. They got to win next year. Same thing happened with Russell Wilson, you know, with that team. They yeah, were, you, they were that, that We've been saying it for the last three years. They were going to be in the Russell Wilson window of the contract. Allen's scheduled to make, what, 20-something million next year. Whatever. But again, they reworked everything. But for these next year or two, you're still kind of in that threshold. So you see all yep. the talent that they're stockpiling on the defensive line. You see the way they've worked the, you know, the playmakers for Allen. Compare the group of playmakers he has now, not even to 2019, but to 2018. I mean, my goodness, it has oh been a God. complete evolution in the weapons they have to work with. And again, the biggest thing that we take for granted, I know we say it a lot, but the continuity, uh, you know, McDermott, Dable, Dorsey, to have all those guys in place for three plus years, you don't really see that a lot in today's NFL, Al. No, and then we are very lucky and very fortunate that Dable literally, I mean, maybe not turned down multiple offers, but didn't leave. You know, he stayed here. Yeah. He stayed in Buffalo. This is, this is a very crucial season for Josh Allen's career to keep Dable for at least one more season. This is this is it. I mean, this is Dable's last year. There's no way he's he, – uh, barring, barring massive regression. I, I absolutely agree. I think the Bills will be in contention. I think Al, or Dable will have his pick of the litter as yep. far as positions goes. I, what, what was it last year? The narrative was that just he kind of didn't like some of the spots, right? Not to be picky, but Well, yeah, I, be I believe – I mean, what teams got brought up? Was it the Eagles, the Jets? I mean, I think everyone thought he was going to L.A. Yeah. That's what everyone thought. The Chargers, right, was like, yes. oh, my gosh. Could you imagine him with Herbert, Q, 
Keenan Allen, Mike yep. Williams. Crazy. And didn't, and didn't he go to high school with the GM or something like that? Yes, I remember that. That was crazy. That was, that was absolutely – that classic Buffalo tidbit. Yeah, and then they didn't go with them. They went with somebody else. Yep. So it's just like that was – yeah. That was definitely okay, the crazy. Let, let's get on to the field now. We're, we're talking about the logistics of this awesome process. Yep. Am I crazy or was today Justin Zimmer day? Because it seems like every beat writer I follow, which is a lot of them, whether it was your Dan Fats, your Joe Biscaglias, Justin Zimmer was a big storyline today, I felt like. Yeah, he was absolutely massive. Um, something that I noticed today was the, the injury report that came out today. Mm-hmm. That, to me, was the biggest storyline. Yeah. Y- what you get Matt Milano with a mouth injury? You know, you never see that. I mean, obviously, in, in hockey, that's obviously going to be upper body. And then you have upper Feliciano body. and Doyle. I've never seen this before non COVID illness. So, are they hung over? I guess, and you know, that speaks to the era that we're living in. It's almost like if I told you I was sick, your first question would be, Is it COVID? Right? Yes. So you can't just put, in 2019, you were able to just put illness on the, you're like, okay, he's got a flu, he's got a stuffy head, he's got like a stomach ache or something like that. Now, fans are in such a worry, things get so misconstrued, yep. a simple message can be completely misinterpreted. You got to write non-COVID illness, crazy world we live in. It is. And I, I'm just saying, man, I, I'm looking back at old injury reports. I rarely remember even seeing illness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 I agree, because it's. It was a thing where they would just be like, oh, he missed practice. Like, you know, like he wasn't here. Yeah. yeah. He's out, you know, v- veteran rest day or something like that. But non-COVID illness day for two players. Like, what is going on? Crazy. Obviously. And, and again, the one big one that everyone looks at because he's just such a crucial part of the team is Stefan Diggs. Um, was out of practice today, but also was in some clips I saw coaching some of the other receivers yep. up. He was being very hands-on. So it was interesting to see that. And obviously, if you're hoping for, you know, an arsenal of weapons for Allen, something you had to like the seeing today, Emmanuel Sanders, Manny Sands, as, yes. uh, as my guy calls him. But uh, like, like to see him getting in the mix because that's really the only non-continuity for Allen. Yeah, so far, obviously, you've noticed over the, uh, last week, Emmanuel Sanders out with what I believe is a foot injury, which is something that's hampered him in the past. And yeah, it was great to see that. He's off the injury report. Devastating to see Diggs on it, but it seems like Diggs is going to be all right. But, you know, according to Sales Sports today, Sanders had a phenomenal day with Allen. So very, very good to see. Love to see it. Between now and the first preseason game, which is coming up, Al, what, what's like a storyline I guess you're looking at? Is it the D-line? Is it this offense continuing to gel? The O-line maybe? There's a little bit of a, you know, who's it, what's it on there? I mean, to me, it's got to be – you know, everything that we're seeing right now is the offense. Phenomenal. I think my biggest thing going into this preseason, the rest of the preseason before the season starts, has to probably be the secondary, specifically the cornerback position. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in the D-line. There's going to be a lot of players battling for that final roster spot. I really think the cornerback depth, though, is still a little weak. And if you want to get past, you know, the, the Mahomes in the AFC championship game. That is, you know, that is the goal for Bills fans to get back there again, to get, have a chance at the Super Bowl. You know, they loaded up again this year. They're going to be back as long as Patty Mahomes stays healthy. And I think that's the biggest thing for me, for sure. The rest of the camp, the camp and preseason is that cornerback, the cornerback depth for the Bills. And will they sign someone? Will they bring in a veteran? We'll see. There was, there was a lot of talk on that, uh, that cornerback out of Jacksonville, Henderson. Apparently he's up for trade, but then, 
But it's crazy. Again, not to get off track here, the Henderson guy for Jacksonville, people are like, but look at his Twitter likes. And all of them are just like, when you need to be alone, you need to be alone. And like, it was really weird. So, well, you question whether that's part of the process. But the one thing you know, Al, is that regardless of it's, you know, the Jaguars or any other league, Brandon Bean's making that call. He loves making calls. He loves feeling out where they're at on a deal. He's trying to get digs for almost two years. He will not hesitate just to put out a feeler call, whereas it feels like in the past a lot of Bills GMs have. And you know what, Maniac? It's no more Sabres after dark. It's Bean after dark. He's going to make those 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. calls for a cornerback. No doubt about it. And then, of course, it would not be a Bills preseason without a matchup against Detroit. Someone asked me if this is just like a signed deal they have with Detroit to always play because it does feel like these two teams are always playing in the yep. preseason, but pretty good team to get started against, especially for that defense. Uh, you got the crazy coach for Detroit who's just doing all kinds of stuff, but you have a new offense in place, obviously, with Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford gone. I feel yep. like this is a good opportunity. Again, I don't want to sound like I'm putting a crazy amount of stock in an early August preseason game, but for a chance for the defense to gel against a unit that's not the Bills offense and, and get some reps in. Agree. I, I don't want to see anyone, though, that – you know, starters bear. I mean, what one series max tops yeah. in that game? Yeah, one, actually- oh, for sure. One series. There's talk. Um, McVeigh is very interesting. Speaking of uh, you know, Detroit, Sean McVeigh said the other day that as long as he is the Rams head coach, Matthew Stafford will not take a preseason snap. Very interesting to me, honestly. And you look at the amount of money that's in some of these quarterbacks. I guess that makes sense, but obviously you got to get some of them in here. Like, for example, you're not going to be pulling that with Zach Wilson if you're the Jets because you got to get him out there. Where do you fall on that for Allen now that he's a, a $260 million man? I don't want to see him play against Detroit. I, I agree. I, th- I, I don't want to see three that. handoffs would be legit. Yeah, get off the field. And I, do you remember the last Lions game, I believe? Was it at your house when you were yep. screaming about the under? The over under first half, Pat. Remember, it looked so good, and the Lions went yes. right down the field. <laughs> yes, it went right down the field. Unbelievable. The highest proof that when a bet's looking good, it's often in trouble. Yep, never. Most definitely. And speaking of being in trouble, so obviously the Bills, things are smooth sailing. In trouble. Everyone's just minding their own business this past week, and then all of a sudden, Jack Eichel is back on social, back on Twitter. I- Apparently he's back on Instagram, but I don't know like what that means when you're back on Instagram. You're going to post a photo of a sunset or something? I mean, come on. Well, he's always been on Instagram. Yes. His yes. girlfriend, Aaron Basil. We know where he is. We know what he's doing. We know what's going on. But explain to, people, explain to the people, what, what, what was like on Twitter? Because I'll be honest, I'm still confused. Yeah. So, I mean, he, it seems like he just reactivated for no purpose. I mean, I was obviously trying to check it out, but then all of a sudden – you have Vogel saying he's confirmed with the agent that it's not Eichel. And then Eichel says, yes, it is Eichel. And just not a good look for anyone all around. I mean, when is Eichel going to get a good look here? Because for the last two to three months, he's just looked like shit. I mean, just being honest. I saw you tweeting about him, you know, again today. Um, Everyone wants to still get a deal done. Why is everybody so desperate to get a deal done for this guy? To move on? That's what I'm saying. Um, I think people think he's way too much of a cancer at this point, and I really think they're going to keep him. He's going to have to play. I, I would the absolutely keep him out of stubbornness, if not anything else. Yes, he needs to be able to prove he can go back on the ice and prove himself and score some goals and be some type of a leader. 
Um, because yeah, like we talked about before, his trade value is horrible right now. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think I think he will be game one on the ice. You know, hopefully for the Sabers or who knows though with the injury. Like you know, what's going to happen yes. with that? Is he? Who, who? Is he and that's why that's a, it was it was that was why it was a very interesting decision when the agent released 10 days ago that he could get the surgery now and be ready for the beginning of the season. I mean, it was crazy. It was kind of a golden opportunity a lot of people thought for the Sabres to call that bluff and say, "Okay, get the surgery and be ready for the season." But it's just very interesting to me that everyone seems to be of the opinion, not everyone, but a lot of people that the longer you keep him, the longer this goes on, the longer it lo- the worse it looks for the Sabres and, and also, you're jeopardizing, you're jeopardizing Eichel's value because next year the NMC kicks in. But I'm like, how could his value possibly be any lower than it is right now? I just can't believe it. No, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and people want to call out the Sabres organization. How much worse can it get for the Sabres, too? You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Uh, or speaking of Vogel, he obviously had the one where he's contacted contact, uh, Jack Eichel's agent. He had a tweet today that said, is this rock bottom for the Sabres? And I'm like, how is this any more rock bottom than when they lost 20 games like three months ago in a row? I know. Like, that was rock bottom to me when they had to play every day and they were being terrible. Right now, they're trying to build. They traded Ristolainen for a number of picks. Obviously, people didn't like the Reinhardt deal as much, but when you figure what they got for Reinhardt, Ristolainen, a potential rebuild could be on the way. It's not sexy. It's not fun to talk about considering we had the tank and that was fun and sexy, but... At least they seem like they're on their way. I mean, Kevin with a Y. That's my guy. I, I, I you got to think. I'd love to see Buffalo Sabres season ticket numbers. They have to be at one of what an all-time low, one of the worst yes. they've ever been. They have to be. They have to be. It's gonna be really they, tough to sell tickets. They do have to be. And speaking yeah. of fans being at an all-time, Blue Jays fans, they're getting their team back for the first time in almost two years. And the Blue Jays are hot, Al. Seven and two, taking three of four from the Red Sox and doing it in pretty entertaining fashion. Uh, the Sunday game, I think they came back from seven to two. Uh, Springer Dinger, great term. I got to give credit where credit's due. Springer Dinger is always a great term. Um, people were giving me shade because I kind of like, you know, the Blue Jays wanted to be out of Buffalo. As much as they didn't want to say that out loud, they wanted to be out of Buffalo. So I respect Buffalo a little bit more than the Toronto Blue Jays. I get in the perspective that it was nice to have them. But yeah, the Blue Jays will always be a little bit of Buffalo's team since they did have to come here for two years. And it's nice to see them uh, on a nice run back at the Rogers Center. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think they're, I think they're nine and two at the Rogers, at the Rogers Center right now. And they've been pretty spectacular victories. Like you said, the Springer Dingers, the late, the late game heroics, they've looked awesome up there. And you look at the Yankees right now who've been playing pretty damn well the past two three weeks they're right they're right there in it the jays the yankees you want to hear something yeah for all the buffalo red sox fans out there since the all-star break tied for the first best record since the all-star break the yankees and the rays who's got the second best record since the all-star break the blue jays so sorry red sox that that I mean, I lost, I'm just going to be honest, I lost so much money betting against the Red Sox in the first half of the season. This was almost inevitable that they were going to collapse at some point, especially when I stopped betting on them. Yeah, but, it's all I mean, yeah, it, it really was a matter of time. Yeah, and like you said, the hottest teams in baseball right now, and that, yeah, that wild card race you got now, I think the Red Sox have wild card number two, and then yeah, you have the Yankees two and a half back, and the Jays three games back to the wild card, so going to be a crazy what month month and a half left here 
This is going to be an awesome run down the stretch. This next 45 days is going to be a great sports period. If you're yep. a person passionate about sports, for sure. And speaking about passionate about sports, Toronto gets back their Blue Jays, and that means Buffalo gets back its Bisons. Now, I do got to say, Al, with limited capacity or whatnot still because of everything, I do think that the Bisons are in a little bit of a rough patch only because the theme days are so huge for the, for the Bisons, whether it's Game of Thrones night, Yep. Star Wars night, you know, movie night, kids day. Kids day was a scene unlike something I've ever seen when I saw it in 2019. It was absolutely unbelievable. So it's nice to get the Bisons back, but it'll be nice, even more nice when they're at full force with their fans. Like you said, I think they're going to have a rough August, September. Um, like it's still limited capacity. I believe the press release today said uh, masks indoors. I don't know if that means at the seats or buying a drink that wasn't really clarified, but you're going to tell me that fans are going to go when it's 85 degrees in August and have to wear a mask in the stands. I'm sorry. Uh, like, I mean, this is, I'll tell you what, n- no politics at all in it. This is just no. telling people to put masks on is such a tough situation now. Cause it's like Pandora's box was opened when we took yeah. them away. You know what I mean? And now it's just so tough to get people back in that mindset to wear one. And again, it is, you know, prioritizing everyone's health, the community, everything like that. You know, we'll abide by rules whenever we have to. Just a very tough ask of a minor league team to be like, if you're going to come to these games, you got to wear them. That, that's, a t- that's just tough for them. Yeah, when you didn't have to wear them at Jays Yankees. Exactly. Yeah, now that you got minor league baseball back, you got masks back. Unbelievable. It's just a you well, know, we'll see. Just, we'll see. We'll, yeah, no, crazy turn of events. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll see what happens there. And oh, real quick, I know we were swinging on a baseball. I wanted to bring up though, yep. World Series odds. Okay, I saw those. I saw those. I'm gonna. We're gonna go up there. We didn't talk about that. I got the updated odds today because your Padres are kind of a little bit of a free fall. Absolutely uh, scuffling. Since I put them in the maniac parlay, they've been Tatis got hurt. They didn't yep. get Scherzer, and they've been scuffling big time. <laughs> I mean, dude, the news is, you're right. The news has just been absolutely crazy. Who would have thought, looking at World Series odds in August, that the Giants have better odds to win the World Series? Can you hear me? Yeah. Well, the Giants are in first place in the NL West, dude. They're ahead of the Dodgers. The Do- someone it's- said the Dodgers are as many games back as the Red Sox are of the Rays. Like, it's crazy. Despite being kind of a super team, having this super payroll, L.A. is struggling a bit this year. Bellinger's batting like seven. Bro, Bellinger's batting like 160. Yes. He's definitely in trouble. So if Bellinger's not hot, if, you know, if Corey Seager's not hot, that lineup is in trouble. It doesn't matter who you got pitching. Yeah. No, it's just crazy to see. The NL West, though, is loaded. You have three teams, and I believe they have the top five of odds. You have the Dodgers at 3-1. to one. Then you have the Houston Astros, Shy town White Sox, Giants, and then Padres. So I, now, now you got to give me credit, though. Similar to how we were getting good odds on the Avalanche. The Avalanche didn't win, so I'm not, like, bragging about it. But we were getting great odds on the Avalanche to get that price. I think I'm getting good odds on the Padres as well. If Tatis gets healthy, mm-hmm. Snell, Darvish, Musgrove start dealing – they're just as good as any team in October. So if I can get them at 10 to 1 or whatever, I feel good about that, honestly. And you know, what does baseball want to see? They want to see Padres Dodgers. Yes, I mean, oh, that- 100%. They want to see Machado, Tatis versus Betts, Kershaw, yep. NLCS. Yep. 
that NLCS matchup would be unbelievable TV. Yeah, most definitely. And obviously for this parlay, I, I do like that I have the Djokovic pick first because there's a lot on the line with a minus like 118 before I get to a plus 800 and a plus uh, 550. So it'll be but, very interesting. Yeah. But Maniac, I got to disagree with you because I think that's still going to be a breeze. He is always going to be a favorite like that in tournaments typically. And with the way he got KO'd in yes. the, in, I, in the, I, the KO was a great thing for me, honestly. Yeah. Well, bro, Djokovic didn't even give a shit about the bronze medal. He's yeah. like, get he me literally, out. He's like, he like left and then he withdrew from doubles. <laughs> yeah. Like, get, get me out of Tokyo and I'll focus on the next one. So I really, I, I, I feel good about that fact. I really, he's do. literally like, get me back to Eastern Europe. It's time to focus on the U.S. Open. Exactly. Exactly. But hey, folks, if you want great odds, you'll never, you'll probably never get better odds with the way the Padres are right now. Either the Padres are going to be eliminated or you'll never get better odds on them. So lock that in. Djokovic to win the U.S. Open, Padres to win the World Series, and then if those two hit, it'll be an amazing ride for November, December, as we watch the Bills try and climb this mountain that is the AFC, obviously. Uh, But speaking of climbing the mountain, that's something that we're going to need this UB football team to do, Al. It was UB football media day today. The Bulls are back. I think their first game is in, I want to say, 25 days, so... That is sneaking wow. up fast. That's just about three and a half weeks until uh, UB Stadium is rocking, till uh, you know Victory Bowl is is dancing on the track and going nuts. How pumped are you for this UB football team? Because you know the way things were last year, no fans. It was kind of tough. I'm not gonna lie. We all grew a little bit away from the team just with you know not being able to be so close yeah. to them and everything like that. How pumped are you for this team? And and what's your uh, thoughts on you know like Mo Linguist, the new coach? Um, I'm, I'm very, very excited for this season. Like you said, last year was weird. I'm pretty sure we had a show and we're like, there's not going to be a season. And then what a week later we had like, what was it? Like the six, eight game season. It was, it was literally, so, so it was five weeks later. It felt like one day because, because that was when baseball started that, that was when the NHL playoffs were going on. That was when the NBA playoffs were going on. So there was just this surplus of sports and everything. And yeah, yeah, Jarrett Patterson not only leading the the Bulls in rushing, but leading you know the Max to coming back and playing. So everyone who you know played last year can credit uh, Jarrett with getting that done. You know, you look at Malcolm Coons or whoever you know, yeah. and his stock. You know, obviously that was huge for uh, you know Patterson. But with that said, we got the team uh, you know there today, yeah. and obviously all eyes are on Kevin Marks and uh, Van Sheesh. If this offense is going to be anything, uh, it's going to obviously go through them. Van Sheesh did grow through the air last year. Do you think he continues that uh, this year, Al? PFF and the uh, analytics people are a big fan of, of uh, Van Sheesh. No, I really do. And you, and you brought up Coach Mo. He's got a chip on his shoulder, man. I mean, him coming here with the time frame that he had to get things done with recruits, setting up a roster, moving his family. I mean, the guy is ready to go. and He is fired up. And you look at critics, you look at people that set set up odds. It's been kind of weird for UB. Um, you know, you got some people saying that they're going to finish in the top 60, which is obviously pretty damn good. But then you also have people saying that they're not going to win the, the MAC or not even be close. They're getting they're getting votes as what the third, fourth. Yep, in the, three, MAC, four, in the MAC East. You know what I think we're at, and this sounds crazy to say because Leipold had a year or two before that, but I think we're almost at a 2018 Bulls situation where they have a team that can get it done, but there just yeah. isn't no, enough known about them. There isn't enough on paper with uh, Coach Mo to see how he's going to do. But I, I loved what you said. He's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. 
anytime he can mention that he took over the team with like 130 days before the season, he's mentioning that. I think they have a great narrative going on in that locker room right now that no one believes in us. And obviously that'll change once the games play. If they, you know, start 4-0 in MAC play, everyone will believe in them. But right now, yeah. using that chip on their shoulder, using that disadvantage to an advantage in as a mindset, I love to yeah. see that from this Bulls team. And that, and that leads me to think that, you know, we're in good hands with Coach Mo. No, you're right about that. I, I feel great. And I think the, the, the player that I'm looking for this year um, to come out and have a monster season is over the past couple of years, it's all been about the running game. And I think it's going to stay that way. And talk about a chip on your shoulder, Kevin Marks. This is a guy who is one hell of a back. All due respect to Jarrett Patterson, clearly this guy's going to get the carries. Clearly clearly this guy was going to be going for the 400, 500-yard games. Just ridiculous. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stupid to even talk about, I think Kevin Marks wants to, you know, clearly that's not, you're not going to see a Jarrett Pat type season again. You're just not in, in, in UB history. But I'm telling you right now, I feel good about Marks. I think this is a guy that is going to go off for multiple 200-yard games this season and going to put up really, really good numbers. If you're UB football this year, once again, you're going to live and die by the run. You, what do they call it? Running back university. That's what RBU is all about. RBU, Kevin Marks, big year for UB. Big year for UB. And an interesting uh, development as we head into the end of the year for this MLB season, just skirting back to uh, baseball before we uh, land yeah. this bird. But uh, MLB and Barstool Sports today, they were talking about uh, teaming up for a broadcast or something like that. And, I mean, to be honest, this is kind of a natural progression. You know, a couple of years ago, they started the games on YouTube, Facebook, and stuff like that. They want that digital interaction. They want, you know, those numbers. And plain and simple, Barstool Sports gets them. So and, and, not much more so to me, say. Would you consider – I know this might be kind of harsh to say, but would you consider MLB and baseball like a dying sport? No, not, that's not harsh at all. That's been constantly mentioned for the last five years. You look at the way they have worked to retool the game by taking, like, giving the pitchers a, a clock between pitches, giving the number, limiting the number of mound visits. Remember when you just used to be able to visit the mound as much as you wanted? Yeah, free for all. Unbelievable. So I think that you're absolutely right. It's not harsh at all to say MLB is a quote unquote dinosaur. But with that said, it's not like an old dinosaur. It can be revitalized. They can find ways to get young fans, get new fans excited about the game. And this is a way to do it. Again, I'm not saying that it's the perfect recipe, but to try something different when other things aren't working, how are you going to fault them for that? That's what I'm saying. Like, If you look at the four major sports, you have the NFL and the NBA in one tier, and then you have hockey and baseball in another tier. It's like, how are you going to get people to tune into a 10 o'clock King Sharks NHL game? Or like you said earlier today, an MLB Cubs Diamondbacks two o'clock game. The only people that are tuning into that game are the people that are a the diehard fans that are Diamondbacks and Cubs fans, and b the ones that have money on it. That's it. That is okay. Absolute. So I'll, I'll put you to the test right here. Would you, would you, if you had to sit down right now for three hours and watch Dodgers Padres or Rice SMU Week One, which one would you want to watch? Dodgers Padres. Okay, I give it, but, but that's a premier matchup versus Bob. So there's probably only two to three matchups in the entire MLB that could out-prioritize college football, right? I agree 100%. Like crazy, if, you crazy. Named, if you would have said something else, Dodgers-Padres right now 
you can argue, is even better than Red Sox-Yankees. Yes, like, right now it, it is. is. I, I, I right. credit where credit's due. Yes, that is a premier, I'd say it could be the best matchup in all of MLB right now. So yes, And I'm then on the flip side, you take like the World Series, the second World Series favorite Astros versus the Athletics. Is there any college game you wouldn't prioritize over that matchup? <laughs> oh my God, you know how I feel about college football, dude. Of course, you know, it's amazing. I, I get, and, and it's how everybody feels. That's why football is just different. You love to see it. Yeah. Um, hey, shout out everybody tuning out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Um, we are about to land this bird. Train wreck tonight, 211, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, obviously. But before we do, Al, shout outs. Any? Oh, yeah. You know who I'm shouting out right now. This person makes me want to enroll back at UB. And I thought, I mean, like, I know this sounds crazy. Years ago, when UB, like, you know, they still didn't win their MAC championship in basketball yet, I would always tell my friends, I'm going to take a class just so I'm there So when they win their first one. And luckily, they did it. You my did, you did always say that. They did it my senior year, my final year there. Got it done. I did graduate, though, in December. They got it done in March, but whatever. Same thing. I, I still consider myself, I was there. But the shout out. class, we should, we should just all walk in. Oh, we have. Oh, that is that's a lock. August thirtieth, I believe, is the first uh, is the first class for Professor Perino. Get me there, Professor. And you got to think, it's it's a social media world now. He's posting this on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Kids are going to be signing up for that class three hours ago already. They're going to be the most popular class at UB. No doubt about it. A hundred percent. That's going to be awesome. We should definitely be there. Love to see it. And let's keep it at UB. I will give my, my first shout out. I'll split it. Uh, A happy birthday to former guest summer Hemphill. So happy birthday to her. She'll be uh, entering her senior year due to COVID. She's allowed to stay at UB another year. And we're thankful to have her, have her leading those UB women hoops this year. Happy birthday to summer. And a huge, huge, huge shout out to Al and Christy for watching Prince Philip. Yeah, no, it's uh, Maniac. I, you know, obviously a little nervous, a little nerve wracking. You kind of know how I feel about dogs and whatnot. And, you know, there's been some tough things with Phil in the past where he pees a lot, you know, marks that territory. But no, it's uh, it's been a blast. Very good dog. Prince Phil here at Studio D. Um, we'll definitely be sending in some more pictures and posting some stuff, but now Phil's been great. Love to see it, folks. Thank you for tuning in to Trainwreck Tonight 211. Make sure to like, subscribe on YouTube, follow on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all the platforms. And if you're not right now, make sure you're clicking over to the Twitter and checking out those updates from Katie Forever. It is a big bachelor season, and we are heading down the stretch run. Al, we were talking about last week beginning our new year. I feel like we're already overwhelmed. There's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, tonight's, I think, the finale. For the Bachelorette wow. and, and Katie forever. Another season flying by already. But, yeah, this is so much stuff going on. They call it the dog days of summer, but it's no. We are getting busier and busier every single day. Seriously. And, folks, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for Al. I'll, I'll uh, start this one. But, folks, make sure you have a good night. Night now. now. Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet?